Welcome to the Ohana Adventure Podcast. I am Rachel. And I'm Jace. We love to travel as a family. From backpacking through Europe and China to road tripping the United States, including Alaska. Whether it's taking advantage of last minute trip deals or planning an extensive world tour. We travel light, but we pack in loads of learning and fun. Where's the next destination? Where? Keep listening. Okay, let's do this. All right, this is a very needed discussion. Our life has been so insanely busy between deciding to launch a record label and writing this show that we're doing and all of our YouTube stuff, hiring new people, trying to start traveling again now that things are calming down. Honey. Oh my gosh. I'm exhausted just hearing you say all the things. We need actually to do what we're doing right now. We are on a road trip. Just the two of us with some microphones. I'm excited. I'm really excited. And, you know, I don't think you actually said what we are wanting to talk about today. Not yet. And for me, I like to call it. Wait, wait, before before you oh, go into it, before oh. you go into it, let's go into the science of this, right? We don't want to announce what it is. Not yet. So our universe is made up of lots of crazy cool galaxies and planets and all this stuff, right? Yes. But is there more blank space in the universe than there is planets and stars and galaxies? I think so. Totally. There's so much blank space, right? Like the nearest this is 36 million miles away. What's between us and Saturn? Not very much stuff. So. Very true. Very true. Now let's break it down to the smallest thing, the atom. Do you know what the atom is actually made up of? What? Mostly blank space. I did not know that. Right? Now, we've driven all over the United States. We've traveled through loads of Europe. We've gone through lots of China. There are big cities in these places with lots of people in them. Lots of millions and billions of people, yes. But what's in between? What are we looking at right now? (laughs) Right now, we are looking at the vast desert of nothing. Right? There's like a volcano way out there. There's mountains on the other side. There is mostly even nothing but trees and grass and blank space and sand, even in the United States. Yeah, there's lots of space. Everyone thinks it's so crowded here, but it takes you hours and hours and hours between these big cities. So mostly blank space. So what has our schedule not been filled with right now? Space. Blank space. And deep What do you call it? I like to call it downtime. Right? Because we get over what? Overstimulated. So this is a big discussion that we've had since we had children. And I think because when you have kids, you read all the books or you should be reading the books. You listen to the podcast. You try and find information on one, how to raise this child. And a lot of the books will talk about how to understand why your baby's crying, what's going on. And one of the things besides food like being hungry or sleepy is... Or changing those, you know... Or changing diapers. Diapers that are stinging their buns. Very true. But one of the major things that babies will cry for is if they are overstimulated. Overstimulated. So that means just too much is going on and they need to not even sleep necessarily. They need space away from everything. 
Now, Clay was our perfect example of this. She needed it more than any other child. Raquel would go and find it on her own. We didn't have to do it for her because she prefers that. Shay would find it. Yeah, Shay (laughs) would just go to a random corner in our house and fall asleep on his knees, on his back, on his stomach, kneeling with his forehead on the floor. Shay just knew when he needed it as well and would go and sleep it off. But Clay, she loves people. She loves being around everyone. She likes activities. But Rach was so good at this. She knew when Clay was about to go a little bonkers. And honestly, like if you are around small children, toddlers, babies, or even um, school age children, it gets to a point where they are overstimulated and it and it leads to what everyone will label as the meltdown, the tantrum. And it's not just because they're not getting what they want. It truly is because they're overstimulated. Their brain is like firing all these neutrons, posters. like it's just going way too fast, way too fast. And when you fire at like high cylinders for a very long time, it's just exhaustion. I mean, when you're an adult, what happens at that is you end up having a stroke or a heart attack or something. But what was or interesting you get sick. is that's very, very true. All these moms would always tell you, oh, she needs a nap. Oh, she needs a nap. And you'd say, no, no, she's just overstimulated. We'll go give her some downtime because all these parents said, well, my kids don't nap anymore, so I can't do that. No, no, no. It's not a nap all the time. They it just need a, a bunch of a blocks. Break, a time away. And sitting on the carpet. or they, And not a movie, not a show, not an iPad, not a phone. I'm glad that you said that because I do feel that even as adults, we do this. We stick our phone in front of our face and we're like, we just need our brain to rest while we play some stupid game. Is your brain resting? No, no it's not. And so it's absolutely true. You know, as parents will say, they need a nap. A lot of times that can be a great answer to what overstimulation does. But if the sleeping part is not happening, it really is resting, resting your eyes, whether you close them or you just look into the vast nothing or the blue sky or whether you sit there and just take deep breaths and you do some sort of meditation or honestly, you just do nothing and you sit there and You just kind of take it all in. But like Jay said, no TVs, no screens, no stimulation, no humans around you. You don't notice. We did that yesterday. So we hired two new employees yesterday. We prepped for them to come over. We had them come in. We gave a little training, introduced them to themselves, to each other. And it was so go, 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 go. They finally left. It was Raquel's day to make dinner, to make food. So she had dinner all prepared. And we came out of this meeting. We grabbed the food. And we didn't even go and sit at our table. We went and sat out on our front patio and we just sat there and nobody actually talked. We sat there. It it was nice and warm in the sun and we were all just sitting there eating and chewing. And because I think our family is used to you needing this and Clay needing this, (laughs) that they all just kind of naturally do it now. And so we sat there and it was minutes, which is a long time when it's a family of a whole bunch of humans. It was minutes of no talking. And we all just kind of sat there. I don't know if you remember um, the very first Avengers movie. If you watched into the credits, there was like the, you know, the battle scene and it was crazy and it lasted like 20 minutes and everything was was going crazy. And then what happened after the credits? They all went and got shawarma and they sat around the table and there was nothing. All they were doing was eating No conversation. No conversation. They're just chewing and sitting there and sipping a drink out of a drink and just like chewing, doing nothing. It was amazing. And I feel that 
a lot of people need to fill the space. So what we're talking about today is keeping the empty space. Now, having a time that you set aside where you take some downtime to do nothing or to meditate, but not thinking and not trying to actually figure out maybe your solutions or your problems at the time, like truly keeping the space there. So I've been doing a lot of yoga recently and I didn't realize how much I loved it. Because you used to knock yoga. I actually, I hated yoga at the beginning because it was so difficult. But for me, I wanted like this high intense aerobic because that's kind of how I go. I, I'm always, always, always fast. But I've been going to this awesome yoga class and I love it because the instructor who is a good friend of mine, she is telling us breathe and be just about the breath. And I always used to think this is so cheesy. This is so stupid because I didn't understand how to meditate and being just about the breath. She would say things, just be present, just be here. Think about the movements. Think about what your body's trying to do in this position. Think about what you are trying to accomplish, you know, by just being here on the mat. And so it literally was a time for me to turn off work, which is really hard because I think about it 24 seven, but turn off work turn off my brain so I'm not organizing kids' schedules. So I'm not thinking, okay, Jason, I need to talk about this or I need to train the employee or blah, blah, blah. Turn off my brain and really be in the moment where I'm thinking about, okay, downward dog. Okay, standing tree. Whatever I'm doing and really focus on the breathing. That is amazing for my sanity. After going to yoga for so many weeks in a row, it is like refilling my energy bucket. And it's not even high energy stuff and I'm not sweating, but it's refilling that bucket. So because it gives me space, it gives my brain space to not be overstimulated. It gives it a rest. So for the non-yogis in the world, like me. (laughs) It's just because you refuse to try, Jace. No, because I have arthritis in my elbows, (laughs) a broken wrist, and I'm old. You're such an old man. So for me to fill this space, I was talking to a friend this morning about this, Mr. Charon Prabhakar. Hey, Um, actually, we did a, a podcast with him just a few episodes ago. So go back and listen to that because it is a great inspirational podcast. But keep going. And he, he and I were talking about this and I said, well, how do you find joy? Because he said, my life is so busy and overwhelming and I just, I feel this pressure around me and I'm such a happy, excited person, which he truly is. He said, it's, it's starting to weigh me down. He says, I need to go somewhere where there isn't anybody. And I said, well, I, I do love doing that, but I need insanity to get me there. I need something hard. I need something crazy. I need something that, so in Hawaii, um, we would go and we're, we're members of the church of Jesus Christ. And we have something called a temple. It's a holy place that is very quiet. It's very calm. And we go there and we do, I guess you could call it service where you're focusing on others, not on yourself. Um, maybe we'll get into that in another podcast, but for now, that's what we go and do. And it's so serene. It's so calming. It's wonderful. You're focusing on others. People aren't really talking at all for most of it. And so whenever the temples get closed for renovation, the one in Hawaii was built in 1919. And so they had to close it and redo a bunch of the foundation, this, that, and the other. And so... I would take my mountain bike, mountain bike up into the top of this mountain, up to the summit, and then I would sit there and look at the ocean. 
It and was I would your breathe. holy place. It was my holy place. Yep. And actually in the Bible, it talks about mountains being the temple of God. Anyways, a little bit of religion there. Sorry, not sorry. I love it. It's who we are. I but, absolutely love it. And that is such a good example of trying to find space. I really feel that if we all kind of reflect on places that we've traveled to, places that we've been or close places in our neighborhood or around where we live, honestly, I think most of us would say we like to go where it's quiet or where they can just hear the river flowing. Or I like to go on a little bike ride where I can hear is just the wind in my ears. Everyone can really self-reflect and go, yes, yes, I need that space and I need that downtime in my life. So remember how everybody a while ago, some people are still doing it, the paleo diet, right? Paleo meaning Neanderthal. And they're like, well, Neanderthals didn't have this. Neanderthals didn't have that. So I need to eat like a Neanderthal because that's, you know, what humans have evolved from. And that's right. So I, I, I remember thinking about that and I thought, well, wait a second. If we're supposed to eat like that, how much technology did Neanderthals, how much noise was surrounding them all the time? How much of that? So maybe you need to go on a paleo diet from stuff and noise. I like the idea of just even calling it a Neanderthal um, escape, right? Where you walk the plains or you hike with no no modern day technology no attached AirPods to you. No AirPods in your ears with music going. Actually listen because wind is amazing. When I would bike up to that summit and I would hear that wind, I could see the wind way below me and hear it a little bit and I could time it. And so I lost myself in trying to time the breeze and how long when I saw it at the bottom of this valley until I felt it pushing me on the face. And it was so amazing. Now for the second part of that, I love the calm and I love all that, but I need to work the world out of me first. So that's why it was a gnarly couple thousand feet incline that I had to ascend. And then I'd sit there, calm myself. And then I'd notice myself getting excited. And I was like, okay, the serene part is done. And what took me an hour to climb up, I could bomb in seven to eight minutes on the way down. What's interesting. And that um, finished it off. That gave me the exhilaration, the excitement, which for me, I need with that empty space. I really think that um, there's a lot of truth in what you're saying because a lot of people turn and they say, my body needs exercise, which is a a true statement. Now, to the extent is unsure, but I think what it's doing is as we break down Jace's mountain bike um, exercising and then also retreating, you can see that he's really focusing on being there in the moment, right? He's focusing on his legs. He's focusing on his breathing. He's focusing on trying to ascend the mountain. Now, he's probably not at the same time thinking about work or the kids or a relationship or things he's got to get done in his daily life, right? He's not thinking about those things. He is thinking about being there, being present, being in the moment. So essentially, Jason's mountain bike is what yoga does for me. Right. It is a good meditation. Now, I think if he didn't actually take a rest and take it in, it may not actually rejuvenate as much as the downtime that we're talking about. It would just fatigue me, which I used to do. It wasn't exercise. It wasn't until our temple closed that I would actually sit there, breathe. I would actually pray, meditate, ponder. And it was so good for me. And then I'd bomb the hill and be all excited and crazy like I normally am. But that moment of repose, that moment of 
relaxation, of self-reflection. Um, there's a trail down in southern Utah that I love as well. It's called Gooseberry Mesa. It's on top of this mesa. And there's multiple tiers for the track. There's a green, a blue, a black diamond, and then a blood diamond. And I ride the blood diamond. Um, I've never gotten severely hurt, although my friends have. Because um, I'm not that gnarly, but I do love intense stuff. But you get to the end of this mesa. And like, sweet, let's go back. I said, no, 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 let's all separate for 10 minutes and just sit. And they were actually getting stir crazy and they started talking and hanging out. And I literally dangled my feet off this multi-hundred foot cliff with the breeze on my face. And it, it was worth a year of hard work to have that multiple minutes of just looking out at the beauty of this planet and taking it in. And then... We got back on our bikes and did the gnarliest ride I've done in my entire life. And so that brought it full circle. And that is what Stephen Covey calls sharpening the saw. I agree. I love, I love Stephen Covey and his tips. And sharpening the saw, I think those two elements of pushing yourself a little bit physically or doing something physically where it makes you really focus on the present, what's happening at the moment in your body to do something that's a little bit difficult like for me, some of the poses in yoga are extremely difficult because I am not flexible, but it really helps me to focus. And then there's the downtime for myself where I can breathe and be present and not, not think about other things. Now, I think how you were mentioning, you know, all of the other friends that you went on this bike ride with were getting stir crazy and antsy, truly meditating, resting, keeping that empty, that wide space there is a skill. Like, I feel like it is something that you need to practice over and over again on a consistent basis, like maybe once a week, maybe every every two weeks if you are not used to it yet or every couple of days. Like for me, I have to do it multiple times a week and it's really only going to be 20, 30 minutes, but it is so important, I think, to our our health, I think, to our brains, to our souls that we learn to really pause and rest and Take a deep breath and just be right there, but not thinking of things. So there's one small thing you can do. You, it'll take a long time to get good at the whole 20-minute thing. So what I do, our, our youngest daughter, Evelyn, we call her Evie, she gets overstimulated. And when she does, she gets sad. So if we're filming a YouTube video and it's about to get really exciting or we need to take a family photo or something and she feels like she has to perform and it's not natural, she will get sad. It's really interesting. And so what I've done with her now or before bed, she's so afraid of having bad dreams that she doesn't like going to sleep. And so what I do with her is I'll notice she's doing that and I'll say, hey, E, come give me a hug. She gives me a hug. And as I wrap my arms around her back, I go, okay, breathe with me. And we go in for four seconds. So try this. One, two, three, four. Hold for three seconds. One, two, three out for three seconds. One, two, three. If, <laughs> if I do that three times with her, so in the nose for four, hold for three, out for three. So I do out for four, but I have enormous lungs. And so out for three for her, she can empty her lungs at that time. She is a different person after that 30 seconds of breathing exercises. All of a sudden, her heart rate goes down. She's not focusing on the hard stuff. She's focusing on her breath, for now, she's focusing on my voice and counting, but she's learning how to focus on her breath. And so I'll say, hey, E, in, in four, hold three. And she'll, she'll do it real quick. 
I say it one more time for real because then she'll do it really instead of just doing it to please me. And I go, okay, so here's what we're going to do. And I get this excited voice. I'm like, so I know exactly what we need to do right now. She's like, what? And all of a sudden she's out of it. And so with that, going back to the sharpening the saw, why you need to sharpen your saw. I like cutting wood. I moved from my family the day after graduating high school. I moved to France and I did construction work at a friend's construction company in 12th and 13th century chateau in France. And one of them, he then lost his whole wine cellar, collapsed in on him. And I had to go in and take all the dirt out of the wine cellar. And to give place for all this, I had to chop wood, thousands of pieces of wood. And I was chopping and chopping and chopping. And it was so hard and so hard and so hard. And he looked at me, he goes, wait, 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 wait. When's the last time you sharpened the saw? And I went, what do you mean sharpen the saw? He said, you need to go sharp. It gets dull after cutting all this wood. And I had no idea. So I went and sharpened the saw. And man, that sucker went through the wood like butter. So it raised my productivity because I could critically hit the wood and it would actually bust through those fibers much more efficiently than swinging this dull blade at things. And so, yes, it might seem like leaving for an hour to go biking isn't productive in your day, but it will actually raise your productivity 100x and make up for that because you'll be able to line everything up, or at least I do. My business partner and I in Hawaii, we'd watch the surf cams in our office and we'd look for when the swell was going to be right, the tide would be perfect, and we'd set a goal. And sometimes it was an hour away. We're like, okay, what can we get done before we do this? We would get a whole day's worth of work done in that hour and go surf for three hours, come back, respond to everybody, and then go home. And so sharpening that saw is a true principle that actually works. I totally agree. I feel that we have read multiple business books after business books. And some, honestly, I think all of the books that we have read do highlight some sort of sharpening the saw. Um, like even in like the four hour work week, um, you know, like they take time to have a downtime, have a me moment, meditate. And honestly, if you listen to health professionals, um, coaches, therapists, everyone will tell you you need some sort of downtime or meditation. And really, it helps you be a better person. Now, it's kind of hard because we're all running at a mile, a million miles a minute and we're trying to get all of these things done. And we're thinking like, oh, my gosh, I can't stop for even 20 minutes. I don't have time for that. And truly, whether you're burning the midnight oil you are really going to be burning your wick down. Like, what do they say? Like burning the candle on both sides? Yeah, burning the candle on both ends. This is a true principle. I did not do this for years, years and years and you years. You still have a hard time. I still have to <laughs> come and like roll her chair out of the office at 9 p.m. and then dump her in bed because it's she will just true. keep going. She, Rach, you are so passionate about what we're creating and you enjoy it so much that you're willing to sacrifice other things. So I continually say this one word to Rach. It's kind of two words, but one word. I say lifestyle. Oh, my lifestyle, gosh. Lifestyle, Which is actually lifestyle. a really good phrase. He used to say, do you need a nap? And I felt like a toddler. And I was like, I do not need a nap. <laughs> Are you overstimulated, honey? <laughs> but that is really true. Taking time to just breathe and rest, close your eyes 
And honestly, it's going to take some practice to not bring the phone in with you into the bedroom or to on your walk to not look at it a million times. If it's somewhere close to you, I have to physically leave it at the door at the yoga class and not bring it to the mat because truly even on my mat, I'll be like, I'm breathing. Oh, somebody buzzed in. What what's happening? What's going on right now? No, our generation and this time of life where everybody in the world is attached to a screen is becoming even more overstimulated. And you can see it in social media. You can see that people are burning the candle at both ends and they're getting so anxious and like ornery and they're snipping at the humans around them. So let's just all be kind humans and take a moment to really detach, breathe, do a little bit of exercise, be in the moment and not think about what's going to happen, anything out of that space right there. So what's been happening lately, it's very interesting. Back in uh, the olden days, it was always that all the movies portrayed the dad as the workaholic who was always focusing on that, that next job promotion, on that next, that next leg up at work, at that next project he's got to get done, the next bonus he can get done. And what's interesting is that's changed now and what's being promoted via all the social media and reality type stuff is now it's not just men, it's women also, but it's different. The way that they're promoting women doing it is it's all their at-home brands and all of their other things to where they're trying to create that secondary income and that secondary, all those, all those things. And so it used to be the argument in the old movies was the man screaming at the wife. She's mad that he didn't make it to the soccer game or the baseball game. He's like, I'm doing this for you guys. When really, he was just sucked into the race of the next big thing, the next big object, the next big promotion. And now, we're both, because it's much more even, the field is much more even now and it's much more equal. And the, the ladies now, it's, no, 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 I need to get my blog. I need to be my, own, my photographer. I need to go run marathons. I need to do all these things. And that's the most important now. So now we all have nannies which I totally understand. I'm not knocking that in the slightest because our employees, when they come over, they help us with our kids as well because we're pushing this. But it's to what end? Now, I say lifestyle because honestly, let's film. We used to film 17 YouTube videos a week and we only do eight now because there is no freaking point to all this work if our kids don't have a relationship with us. It's absolutely true. No point whatsoever because our kids are old enough now to remember everything and so I want to be completely present there and so yes we film YouTube videos yes our kids work with us yes we have a home-based business and we homeschool and yes we vacation a lot and yes we go on dates a lot now and I'm, I'm still trying to pull Rach away from all this business because I want to party with my kids forever I I I want my last check to bounce. And so I'm like, honey, we only need this much more. And then let's just play with our kids for the rest of eternity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally agree. And, you know, I think for everybody, everybody out there, whether you are a teenager, a mom, a student, a dad, or, you know, single and you're a grandpa, who knows what's going on in your life? Taking some time to create some space away from the world putting away the electronics, breathing and being present will help you be a better you in other places of your life. It'll help you be present with your family, help you be present there at work. It'll help you be more present in life in general 
which honestly creates for a better, well-rounded earth and world. So what I'm going to say is carve out some blank space, figure out what that is for you and make sure you take those moments. So Rachel and I have talked about how we both have different ones, but like right now, this road trip, we've been listening to the Beatles. If you go to our Instagrams, it's under my tab, my highlight reel as uh, awkward. It's in there. <laughs> and we just, we have karaoke. So it's road trip karaoke. We do it with our kids. This is one thing we really enjoy driving with our kids and without our kids, we really enjoy. And so we take these times and at least once a week, we try to carve out some blank space as hard as it is for us to go and just get some poke or just get some tacos or in the middle of the day or little things like that to save our marriage because we need to sharpen our saw for our marriage. We need to carve out blank space for our marriage. And that's why I still on social media call her girlfriend and all of the kids respond like, she's your wife. She's not your girlfriend. <laughs> and we, we do go over a lot of these. These are great um, things that we've learned throughout our marriage. And we, we went over a lot of these in a recent podcast where you'll need to go back and really listen. It's um, what we learned to 19 some, years of marriage. That's right. Some podcasts have some great information that we've learned. And what's great is because when we pull out these microphones, we are so pumped to like have us time together that we love sharing it with you. And honestly, a lot of these thoughts come as we're talking and chatting with you. We don't prep these podcasts at all. This is just us. We'll come up with an idea and go, oh man, let's turn on the mics because we need this. And so we're doing this selfishly because it's a lot of it's for us. So we remind ourselves of all these things that we've learned over the decades and that we need to do it for ourselves. And we love sharing it on here because the comments and DMs and things we get after these podcasts make us even more pumped and excited. It's we love creating content. And just sharing good stuff with the world. So if you have ideas you'd like us to talk about and get our opinion on. Yeah, go over to theohanaventure.com slash podcast and you can listen to all the podcasts there as well. But we have blog posts so that you can share your comments. We want to hear back what works for you. Where are you finding space? Where are you taking your downtime? So hit us up at Rach Bennett on Instagram, at Jace Bennett on Instagram, and we can keep the con uh, blah, 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 the conversation going. And if you like this podcast, share it with your friends. All right. Thanks for hanging out. Yep. Bye. Bye.